Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Okay, I'm here today with Alex Petrilla and we are going to talk a little bit about her overseas life redesign. Thanks for being with me today, Alex. I really appreciate you telling your story. So I guess where we want to start is how did this all begin for you? Oh, it's a little difficult. Um, we started in 2005. I had been working in state farm and management for 13 years, perfectly happy doing our thing. Um, my husband was doing rental properties and basically came to me one day and said, I think we should move on to a boat for a year. I thought it was kind of crazy. And I was like, well, if you can make it happen, I'll go. And he started picking up rental properties and we started to put together our plan. And I would say this was probably in September, October, November. And by the following June, we had picked up enough rental properties, found a boat, and our initial intention was to take one year and go and do Florida, go up to Burdana where our families are, and come back to Virginia, and then move back into our house and be normal. Our kids were six and nine at the time. And my husband, as we started looking at boats, you know, the decisions change and what you think you need changes. And as you get closer to making these decisions, we're like, okay, you know what? We can sit here and pick up more houses or we can go for a cheaper boat. Let's, let's decide what's important to us and how we want to do this. And we found a boat that happened to be in St. Croix. So my husband picked up and was going to go and get it. I was still working with the kids and we were starting to rent out our home. And he went to go get the boat and realized basically we got an extreme fixer-upper boat to begin with. And was looking and it was June and, you know, storm systems were coming through. And after about three or four weeks, he called me up and he's like, you're going to come down here. You know, this makes the most sense. So with literally a week and a half notice, we picked up everything we thought we were going to actually put on a boat for a year. We threw in storage, packed up some suitcases, went down to St. Croix. We left a 3,000 square foot home on the water. Oh, wow. Moved onto a 50-foot boat by 22 catamaran, fixer upper. And I remember looking at my husband. We were out there for about a week, and we're cleaning, and we're doing it. We're never not going to do this, are we? And that's kind of how we slid into it. We went from total corporate, normal, public schools, doing everything, to fixing up a boat, homeschooling, being together 100% of the time. Wow. So what what was the motivation? I mean, I think we had been very good at, it was always us as a family. We didn't have relatives nearby. So we didn't rely a lot on the outside. So, you know, I would take care of the kids here. He'd go to work. I'd take, he'd take care of the kids there. I'd go to work. And we had a really nice system going on. And our daughter was in kindergarten and our son was still home. So you had a little more wiggle room going. And our son went to kindergarten. And all of a sudden, both were out the door at 7. Both were coming home at 3. You had to do your homework. You had to read a book for an hour every night. You wanted to squeeze in karate. You had to have a family dinner. And there was no time for anything. I was like, wow, is this the next 18 years? Like, this is it? This is all we're doing. And so it was my husband who came up with it. But it was just like, let's get out for a bit. Let's find our grounding and, and reconnect and do something that doesn't look like this for the next 12 years right now. 
Wow. Yeah, that's uh, that. So, so the 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 hustle and bustle, really. The the school absolutely it's fine. Was... The school school was fine. The kids were fine. We had a system. We had our house. Everything was fine, but we couldn't envision this for twelve years. It, it didn't really promote your family being together mm-hmm. because they had to go do karate and they had to go do their homework and you can squeeze in a quick dinner then you gotta go to bed and you just weren't having that same level of closeness as, we had as when you know they weren't in school and even with our schedules we could juggle and have really good quality time with them mm-hmm. and there was a big difference yeah and actually a friend here on the island um, shared that he, his son actually had to quit a martial arts program because there wasn't enough time for him to do all the homework and he was like Ten. I it's, mean, wasn't even in high school or anything. And I said, "Really?" And he said, "No. We just. We, it was just too much. We just couldn't get it all done." So it's yeah. It, it, I, I'm not surprised by we that. We went the opposite way. We joined martial arts with the kids, so we could all go together. Like you're grabbing every chance you get to stay together because yeah. the, the whole process was rather difficult to do. Wow. So were there any uh, challenges or difficulties along the way? A ton, <laughs> but not. Enough. I mean, yes, there was. We had started, we chose, the way we were able to leave was to pick up rental properties. And I said that was between 2004 and 2005, pretty much. Um, So it was much easier to manage when we were living there, of course. Right. So that was very difficult long distance. But a couple things that we did learn, you know, we were doing well when we were in the States. And you get used to a certain level of income and what you need. And you never think to yourself, I'm going to go do this and take away all this income and my life's going to be great. Um, but when we got into it, because we were already into it, and so when there were difficulties with the real estate business, it's like, we're okay. Yeah. Our quality of life is still better than it's ever been before. We're not really sacrificing. Because you didn't really have that huge <laughs> we're overhead. We together yeah. all the time. We did with the houses, but so we would take less income right. than we had originally planned when we left. Right. In my mind, to leave what we had and go do what we do, we needed X amount of money, mm-hmm. which wasn't true. It was uh, all pretend in my head because it's so difficult now, to imagine right? you can go with less or yeah. that your quality will be the same or that you're being responsible. And so when we got over there and it did turn out to be less, we are like, wait a minute, life's still amazing. My husband was playing music. I was teaching piano. We were living at Anchor. We were, I'd be homeschooled the kids. We were, with, we were together 24 hours a day. Met great people, families, stories, and as we got into it, every time we did something, like we jumped out and you know got to level number two, but then we met someone who got to level number seven, and you're like, huh, I could go to level number four. And the more people you meet and the more stories you meet, the more it opens up your mind to that you're not crazy and you're not being irresponsible and you haven't necessarily, uh-huh. you know, it was a big change, and you want to hope that you're doing the right thing for your children too. Wow. So I'm not hearing a lot of fear in this whole process. Um, I don't know if it was fear. My husband would probably tell a totally different story just because our perspectives and what makes us drive. My husband, of course, which I think every single, I'm sure there's one out there that's not, but the majority of voters, their husband came up with the idea and the wife agreed. I mean, you don't meet any in the opposite direction. Not but with often. that said, you know, you trust and you believe and... You enjoy each other, and you can see your family growing. And as much as you're reprocessing everything that you knew in your life to be real <laughs> and what you're supposed to be doing, I did start journaling and getting my head around. I remember meeting a woman who was, she'd been on the boat for like oh, 15 years with her kids, and we became very close with them. And I learned a lot from her because this was a, I never met anyone who did this. 
And I remember sitting here with one time and saying, wow, you know, it's so funny I'm with my husband 24 hours a day. And she looked at me and she's like, that's how it should be. And I thought for a while, and if you really look back, what was it, 100 years ago that life changed? And so it does make you realize that what you think is normal isn't necessarily the way it needs to be. Mm-hmm. Well, I was, and that's, that's great. Um, thank you for sharing that because I was going to ask, you know, were there any new perspectives, you know, relationships, experiences that you have? Yeah, the answer is, is tons, right? Tons. And we learned. The, I think one of the things I look back now, when you get a little bit more introspective as, you know, the kids are now in college and you kind of look back and say, wow, what did we do? And wow, it turned out well. Yes, <laughs> you don't right. know when you're doing it. Right. But if I really think back, we were all learning together. You know, they weren't looking at us and saying, wow, how do we do this boat thing? I was like, wow, I just met someone. And this is an ideal provisioning. And now we're going to go to the grocery store and try this. And we were all really learning together a lot, which kind of put us, yes, we were the parents and we were teaching, but it made us a little more vulnerable to our children as well because we were all experiencing things new together. You didn't have all the answers. Not at all. Right. Not at all. And we would admit it and we would go again and we would find different ways to do things. Yeah, so so you kind of had a plan, but it was sort of Changed loose, right? Completely. And it, we went from we'll just leave for a year to Florida, New England, and come back to landing in St. Croix and saying, "Wow, let's stay here for two and a half years." And we ended up staying there for two and a half years, and we traveled the Virgin Islands. But we had a network of people in Water Island. The kids had friends. There was a whole system going on there. We would travel without and come back. Um, and then we did return to the States in 2008 when the market crashed mm. because that completely affected us. Sure. <laughs> and we were kind of watching a trickle, watching a trickle. And my husband's like, he would go back and forth. And he's like, I got to go and sit. I, it's not working. Like, you know, popping in for two weeks and coming out is not making us come together. And so we're like, okay, if we're going, we're going as a family. So let's start sailing back and we'll do it together. So our initial plan was to go back, handle the situation for a couple months and go back to the Virgin Islands. And then we're a little, little uglier up there, and we kind of sat there, and my husband's like, okay, our 3,000-square-foot home on the water is empty right now. It looks like we're going to do winter in Virginia. Let's move back to the house. And me and the kids were like, nope. If you move us back in the house, we're not going to get back on the boat. And uh-huh. we'll go back down. So we'll sit here. We're good. Let's just keep rolling with it. And we stayed on the water, and we spent the winter there. Worked out everything, sold a lot, some for more, some for less, and just said, you know, I was like, you know, we could stay and we could make all of this good. And we're like, no, we know we can live on less now. It's okay. Yeah. Like, we're, wow. we, we're ready to do this again. And so then we went up to New England, saw family, and then started working our way down. And of course, the kids were like, we're going back to Water Island, St. Thomas. I was like, I really want the kids to learn Spanish. And so I'd been reading up on Panama some. I was like, we can go to Panama. And I'll get a job, and you can play music, and Courtney's getting ready for school, and this is what we'll do. And so we're like, hmm, okay, I don't know. So we got back towards West Palm, and Joe's like, you know, right or left? What are we deciding? And we decided to go towards Panama, and we stopped in Mexico for gas. And never left? Nope. Ah. Stayed for six years. But the irony was exactly how we had envisioned our pretend life in Panama. Like, we had in our mind what we saw we were going to do. Basically, we did it in Mexico. So we could envision it, we could see it. And we stopped here and it just made sense. And my husband played music and I started working and my daughter went to uh, International American School in Cancun. And that's where she graduated from because that's she was ready. She was ready for regular high school at home school for four years. 
Oh, wow. Well, that's interesting because I always say, you know, you got to start with the vision, right? <laughs> and so you did. You started the vision. It. it just was a different location, right, than, exactly. than what your original vision had in mind. But um, is there anything you would have done differently? I know, you know that's a tough question. It's a really tough question. I would say yes and no. Of course, you're always like, well, that was a really dumb thing we did. But the same thing, everything that we did made us who we became. And it was all part of the journey. There was no way to take this journey and have it be perfect. There was no way. But everything that went wrong, I remember thinking to myself, oh my gosh, I could never sail overnight. That is scary as heck. I love overnight thing. Everything I thought I couldn't do, I, we did. And it made sense. So, no, you, you, you take the good with the bad, but when we started sailing, just to make it even more interesting, when we bought our boat, our great deal of a boat, we didn't have an engine. And the plan was to put an engine in it, and Joe was going to come back up. And we were on Caribbean time, and it wasn't working, and this and that. So we didn't have an engine for two and a half years. Wow. Now, if you ask me would I go on a boat number one without an engine, I would have said absolutely not in a million years. But when you're there, and you don't have one, you put your system in place, I would push from the back. My daughter at 10 years old was on the helm. Joe, with the manual anchor, would work the anchors. My son, who was six, would come back and forth and tell me what Dad was saying. Right, left, slow, fast. And that's what we did for two and a half years until we got to um, Virginia. Wow. So would I have done that differently if I could? Maybe. Did it totally make us who we are? Did it make me not afraid of our engine breaking? Right. I mean, it... You know, it was, there was so much to it. It was part of the experience, and the kids were just as important in everything that we did as we were. So it made the family unit. I'm not saying it wasn't tough at times. Oh, right. It absolutely was. I was usually yelling at But, of course, <laughs> nor tell me everything Dad's saying when you run back here. But it, it formed the whole experience of it. Wow. We'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castillito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Integrity Vacation Property Management Trust, Truth, Results From buyer's representative services to rental market analysis, staging, marketing, and full-service property management, achieving your goals is our top priority. Visit our website at www.integrityvpm.com and get our free guide, Self-Manage or Hire, a property owner's checklist of issues to consider. Contact us for a free consultation to see if we can help you maximize the return on your investments. Integrity VPM, raising the bar in vacation property management. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here, and we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. 
So I know you told me this amazing story about your kids going to college. Would you share that? I just think that's phenomenal. Okay, well, one of the things that, of course, when I left insurance and all the security that all of that had, and we came down and we're doing our thing and, and life was good, we came to, I knew it was time for my daughter to go to high school, but I really wanted to learn Spanish and, and do the different cultures. And so that Mexico was just a perfect fit for that. So she literally would, we were living on the boat in Isla Mujeres, and every single morning she took a ferry to the main, to, to the land, took a taxi to the ferry, took a ferry across, made a driver take her to the school. Every single morning for four years she did that. So when she was finishing up, it was a, you know, it was a good experience, very disciplined. Yeah. <laughs> and she said, asked, are you sure you want to do that? Because I was still going to Panama. I said, if we stay in Isla, you, are you willing you're to do this? And she's like, absolutely. And she never missed a day. Like, she was spot on with it. Um, but then it came time for college. And basically, for unless we had, still had some rental properties in the United States, we could pay taxes in the United States, but we weren't considered residents. Right. Because we weren't physically living there. Right. So, you know, you start looking at the colleges, and now we're looking at out-of-state tuition for the entire of the United States. And I remember we were sitting there, and some, you know, my daughter was kind of looking at California, and it's like, okay, it's thirty thousand dollars. Okay, here's a newsflash: here, no right? secret college fund, <laughs> and we need to make this work. Let's play it smart. I don't want you deep in debt. You know, maybe you work, maybe you do this, maybe you do online, maybe you, I, you know, two. I don't know how it looks. But we're going to get creative on this, and so she started looking in Canada. And all of a sudden, the prices per year were going down to fifteen, thirteen, fourteen. I was like, wow, that's really interesting. And a friend of mine came in who was British French, and she's like. Oh my gosh, that's crazy. You gotta look in Europe. Never would have crossed my mind in a million years. So we started researching, started researching, and found a, a UK university in Prague, Czech Republic. And the cost of living was equivalent to Mexico, basically, at the time. So we weren't dealing with going to a city that was gonna cost you a ton. And the colleges were a quarter of the price of the United States. And so she did, she picked up and she went from Cancun right over to Prague for college. And basically, in a nutshell, my son was like, oh, we stood still for Courtney, where are we going to go now? So my husband and I talked for a bit and we decided to go to Asia for two years to really experience something different. So we went to Penang, Malaysia, and he was involved in an after school program there. He did online. Did you sail? Nope. We had flown by then, we had put the boat aside by then. And then we did two, just about two years there, and then we came back to the United States. My son had gone to kindergarten in the U.S., so we brought him back for his senior year of high school. Oh, wow. So he did the senior year of high school there and had a good experience, and at the end was like, oh, okay, now he's at an American university in Prague. <laughs> so both kids ended up in Prague, Czech Republic, and it's, it's, it's a really good experience for them. And they're very close, you said. They're roommates. Yeah, they're roommates, so it's, it's a nice, nice position as parents to have your kids and how you many know, years apart are they? My daughter now is almost 24, 23 going on 24, and my son's 20. So three and a half years okay. difference. Okay. Um, but yeah, so they're able to live, and they, obviously, because we did travel so much and did the moves and stuff like that, like different cultures and adapting to all of that, is a, it's rather normal. Second nature to them. So even, you know, my daughter got to check out before we did. She never saw the college before she went there by herself oh. to go, and we came afterwards, um, and then got to see the town and see what was going on. And she had assimilated in. So that that whole, the experience, the good, the bad, the things that you're like, wow, I wish that didn't happen, made the kids strong enough to deal with things, not crack, you know, roll around and kind of problem solve their way through mm -hmm. what they're doing now. And I can see those skills in them now. 
Right, and I'm, how aware are they of how different their upbringing was compared to others? Are they, they pretty perceptive about that? How, what, did, what did they Yes, and yes. Um, it's funny, my daughter had a different experience because she was in the United States until she was through fourth grade. Okay. So she left when she was nine going on ten. So she had the public school experience. Okay. She had a little Something bit of grounding in it. I can remember we were in St. Thomas and we had been there probably a year or two. And she came home one day, she comes running in the door and she's like, you know what I don't like? She's like, you know what I don't like about living on a boat? And I'm thinking to myself, oh gosh, you know, here it comes. It's, it's going to be awful. I'm going to be a horrible parent. And she's like, it's having people ask me why I like living on a boat. What's the big deal? We have dinners, we play cards, we do our homework, we go to sleep. Like, what's the big deal? <laughs> and so that was really fun to hear her perspective on it because we really were just a normal family living on a boat and doing our thing. Uh-huh. My son didn't have, he went to kindergarten in the United States and then we put him in a Mexican school for a year. You know, he became fluent and did Spanish and I homeschooled more with him. So I think his experience was a little bit different, and he came with us to Malaysia. So he was aware of it. He, you know, it was just it was so obvious. And, you know, he, he is more of a writer and a storyteller and all of that. So I think his background just naturally played into his natural inclination to tell stories and all of this. So he does, and he'll, you know, bring it out and talk about it and write about it and do different things. And it's kind of fun to see. And count how many countries he's been to because we've done a lot of traveling in between, and so it's it's. it's so he has an appreciation for that. Yeah, they, they both have an appreciation for it, okay. no question about it. Um, I think it's the difference in, um, you know, my my daughter is very grounded and working and doing her thing and and serious about it. My son is kind of like, ooh, I want to travel over there. I think I'll you know see how that's going to happen. Two, as you always do, you've got you raise children in the same household with two different strengths and personalities. Right. And so I think it's more of his nature. Uh-huh. And he's like, I, you know, I've got to. He's, he's working on his thirtieth country. He's like, well, I've got to make it count. So he's deciding all the places he's got to go for his thirtieth country. But that's him. And my daughter doesn't have the same urge. So I have to go do all of this. She travels. She does her thing. And you know, she they're in two different you know fields of education and you know businesses that they look at. So yeah. Cool. So, um, so you're pretty satisfied with the way that whole uh, situation turned Very out. Very thankful because yeah. you don't know. You yeah. really don't know you're in it. And I will admit all day long, I was like, "Oh, I hope we're not messing with them. I really hope we're not." But when I was working in insurance, I was working with a lot of older men, quite honestly, who were you know six, four, three and a half, you know, ten years, nine days, and six hours away from retirement, and they weren't really happy with what they were doing. And they were really miserable, and they were counting down the days, but they had to keep that big house, and they would never leave ahead of time because they were making too much money, and they got to wait till the kids leave before they do anything. And I kept thinking to myself, they're really, really unhappy, and what are you teaching your children? So you're going you're gonna to live this life that you don't like until they leave, and then you're going to live a life that you want to. And that logic didn't make sense to me because I don't understand what you're teaching your kids What's if that you do that. For them? I mean, don't you want to show your children how to live life? how to appreciate people, how to discover things, how to bounce back when something's wrong. So the idea of making everything pretend it's fine because you're going through the motions of what you have to do, and maybe even hiding anything that, that happens from them, I don't know that that's doing the same service in life that I want for my children in the long run. Well said. Yeah. That is a, a big cultural difference uh, that we see for sure. So 
I am really excited about your latest project, going back and restoring this home. Oh, yes. <laughs> what are we doing now? I'm not sure. This is a complete change from yeah. living on a boat, right? It is. It is. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Um, sure. We had been gone for, I guess, almost 15, ooh, how many years? From 2005 until 2016 was when we returned to the U.S. Um, and then my husband's family home we had gotten back into that new, it was built in 1863 and needed to be redone. So my son's last year of high school, we stayed there for oh, him. Okay. That gave him the opportunity to go to high school in the U.S. Because I thought maybe I missed the memo. And it all makes sense if you're a resident for a year. And college is going to make oh, perfect sense. Right. Because I have to be missing something. There's right. no way everyone is doing this. Um, I wasn't missing that much. <laughs> there were some options. And there were some things he could have done. I mean, it wasn't like, oh my gosh, there's no way we could stay. It wasn't that. It was just like, for this less money different experience and different opportunities. Well, then you said three years instead of four. And so three years that's instead of four. Yeah. Right there, a yeah. big savings. But we did go back for that to kind of see if we had missed something. Right. Um, and then we did it. We've had a chance to work on the house. We're on, we started working on it in 2016. We'll probably be done this summer. But we've been leaving for the winters. Right. So, you know, we've kind of just worked out now that both kids are, you know, we used to think kids traveling with us. Every We really do nest a lot. It sounds kind of vagabondish, but we really did nest everywhere we went. You know, we traveled a lot, but we'd wake up, do our homework, do our work, you know, have our breakfast, maybe exercise, sightsee in the afternoon, come home, have some dinner, play some cards. So it's not quite the same lifestyle that some people may think it is. Um, so it's a more grounded lifestyle in that way. Um, but yeah, so now we've kind of fixed up the house and we go back and forth. Our family's up there, so it's the first time we've ever lived within two hours of family before. So it's nice to have that, yeah. to have that space. Um, but we know our nature after 28 years together. We're just not the ones to sit still very long. It's, it's, just, it's not what motivates us. It's, it's wonderful, and I get it, and I see people live beautifully happy lives in that way. Um, but we just get a little more motivated by traveling, so it's just what we do. Uh-huh. Is there another boat in your future or no? Possibly. <laughs> We've been off the boat since 2014. 2014 we got off the boat. Um, and now it's my husband and I and we've traveled a lot. Part of it part of one of the reasons was we wanted to see more places and the boat does slow you down in those yes. ways, you know. You can't just pop off and, and do certain things and Airbnb was so much easier than worrying about a boat at anchor or a storm. Right. Um, and so we've done that for the last four years. We've seen, we've done a lot of traveling through Asia and Europe and, um, you know, in Central America. But from here, we're like, okay, you know, we feel pretty good. We can travel normally for three or four weeks now. It doesn't have to be for six months or a year or two years. Right. Um, so we are giving some thought to getting on a boat, but making it a power boat and being a little more deliberate. And, you know, we know what worked and what we did and we know what we feel like now. 15 years later. Um, but yeah, living on the waters and on the boats and what goes with it is something that kind of kind of grabs you a little bit. We really enjoyed that part of it. Gets in your blood. Yeah, yeah. You're, just, you're so connected yeah. to nature and the world and in a different way. Yeah. And we just really like that. And I don't know, sometimes I feel like this island's a big boat. It's true. <laughs> right, with water in each direction. Yeah. No, that's absolutely true. <laughs> Not have to worry about anchor dragging. Yeah. <laughs> 
Awesome. Well, this has been fabulous. Is there anything I, I didn't ask you that you'd like to share? Or? I don't think so. I okay. think that's it in a nutshell. I think we awesome. have all 15 years. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Well, thank you so much for your story, Alex. Uh, Lots of great nuggets of uh, wisdom in there, and what a great story. So congratulations. Uh, nice talking with you, life. too. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and take the Are You Ready for an Overseas Life Relocation Readiness Quiz. We'd also love for you to become part of our OLR community on Facebook. Thank you for listening.